We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, April the 8th, 2020. On today's show, we've got a good one, a packed show, talking about an array of topics from Dabo Sweeney being an idiot, the over-under win totals released for Carolina football. I'll give you guys an update on my quarantine status um, we'll also talk some hypotheticals, some more stuff regarding South Carolina, some stuff that's happened over the last week. We also have a fantastic interview. Former Gamecocks baseball player Ian Jenkins joins the show for a great interview, guys. Ian is an awesome kid, and this is one of those conversations you certainly do not want to miss out on. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and let's get it. Chris Phillips shows the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everyone is doing well. This is quarantine day. Who knows? I don't even have count anymore, but we're just hanging out, relaxing, chilling, still working, still grinding, trying to stay busy during this quarantine time. So again, hope you all out there are safe, healthy. Hope everybody's having a good time and making the most of it. Hey, when life gives you lemons, make make pink lemonade and a splash of vodka to it. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it, we're just going to kind of keep rolling. It's funny with the whole quarantine thing. You know, I was depressed when all the sports stuff went down and we didn't have sports anymore. I've kind of gotten past that point. I'm now in just the acceptance, embracing the quarantine, kicking the quarantine's ass, to be honest with you. We got some stuff, some content coming out that's going to do that. You've probably seen me on TikTok a bit. We're going to do some stuff that's some non sports related stuff um, as well that I'm going to do that I'm really, really excited about. Going to get the local. Um, the local scene in Columbia involved, if you will. So I'm very, very excited about that. But again, hope everybody's doing well. There's a couple of things I definitely want to talk about. And like I said before, we have a great interview. Ian Jenkins, awesome kid, awesome conversation. So let's jump right into it. And I had to bring this up, and it happened over the weekend. Dabo Sweeney just always finds a way to, to, to outdo himself. He always does. You, you think you've heard the most bizarre thing, like the dumbest thing, the, the corniest thing you could hear from Dabo Sweeney, and he always finds a way to make us hate him even more than we already do. Over the weekend, I don't know if Dabo just spoke to media or what it was, but this is the quote. Quote, we've got a new acronym for Tigers. It stands for this is going to end real soon. 
So that's the only mindset we got, all the rest of that stuff. I'll let all the smart people figure out all the doomsday scenarios. I got one scenario, and that's running down the hill and kicking it off in the valley. Bro, Tigers, this is going to end real soon. That is probably the dumbest shit I've ever heard of in my life. Dabo Sweeney, like I said, he, he has to stand in front of the mirror at home and practice this shit. It's so absurd. He has to. He has to. There's just no way. No human being is wired that way. And what's crazy, and like, you could also go at him for like, he's still traveling and stuff. And people are saying, oh, it's no big deal. Like, but it's not a good look when you're out here traveling, bro. Like, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, period. You shouldn't be doing it. But he is. So you got Dabo Sweeney out here traveling, like, whatever he's doing. You know, and then to make the comment like that, like, it's just the corniest, dumbest, like, you know, just unreal. I read that and was like, this has to be a joke. This has to be a made-up quote. There's no way he actually said this, but he did. And it's just crazy. Like, this man is Butch Jones 2.0, but he wins. That's the only difference between Dabo and Butch. If Butch Jones won the SEC, Tennessee fans wouldn't have gave a damn what he said. Honestly. Wouldn't have gave a damn what he said. But it's because he didn't win. And I promise you, if Clemson was winning six, seven games a year, Dabo would be outed, bro. There's no way they'd put up with that. Like, it, just Clemson fans would not like that. They wouldn't. No fans would like that. All, all the stupid one-liners and the dumb acronyms and, like, all that other shit. So, Dabo Sweeney's a clown. I know I'm not giving you guys any breaking news in that regard. But, uh, but yeah, he, he, he's a he's – a, He's a freaking idiot, no question. Uh, one of the other big things that dropped that I thought was really, really interesting was the over-under win totals. Now, this is something I'm really excited to talk about. SEC win totals from Caesars um, for the fall, obviously, for Carolina football. I'm going to go through all of them, and then we'll talk about South Carolina. Um, but these are the win totals. Uh, over-under, Alabama 10.5, Florida 10, Georgia 10. A&M, 9.5, LSU, 9, Auburn, 8.5, Tennessee, 7.5, Kentucky, 7, Mississippi State, 6.5, South Carolina sitting at 5.5, Ole Miss at 5.5, Mizzou at 5, Arkansas at 3.5, and, and Vanderbilt at 3. Now, I know a lot of South Carolina fans, a lot of diehards, a lot of people that bleed the garden in black, they look at that and think, oh, my God, we're being disrespected. Like, what's the number? Like, Chris, what do you, a lot of people ask asking, what do you think about the number? I think the number is perfect. I think the number is right where it should be. Listen, guys, going into this football season, it is like a repeat of last year. It's, it's a mirror image of last year in the sense of, like, this is going to be a season we are struggling to get to a bowl game. We are struggling to find that sixth win. Like that, It's going to be that type of season. So, honestly, right now, with that over-under five-and-a-half, right now I would probably take the under – um, to be just completely honest with you, just because, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm picking this to go five and seven. I mean, that, that's why. So, I would take the under. I mean, it's going to be right at that number, though. I mean, the number was five and a half last year. And South Carolina ended up winning four games. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, obviously. But I think that number's, honestly, like the odds makers, that number's perfect. That number's right where it should be, to be honest with you. So, I hate it. I hate that that's the number. I hate that that is, you know, what we've come to. I, I mean, you look. I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, Kentucky has an over-under of seven. Kentucky's seven. Tennessee's up to seven and a half. Heck, Mississippi State even's at six and a half. So, 
you know, we, we, you guys all know my thoughts on Will Muschamp, and I, I think this will be his last season, and it, it's, it's going to be a major transition in the Carolina football program for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I just I, – I don't, I don't see – I don't know. Right now I just don't see South Carolina getting that sixth win. I got him at five and seven. Um, as we go through, you know, more so in the offseason, the summer is when I'll start breaking down and kind of talking about really diving into my predictions and all that and all that fun stuff, the offseason stuff. But, yeah, I, I just – you know, I got South Carolina at five and seven. I think under five and a half is the bet there for sure. If you're going to put any money on it, I think that it has to be the bet. Um, other than that, guys, I mean, not a ton, not a ton um, else going on. We've been we've been obviously producing a lot of content. I've been doing all the Twitch stuff. Did my all time must win starting nine for South Carolina. Um, so it's been a fun blast. Again, I, I appreciate you guys so much for interacting with the content asking questions been doing a lot of the question stuff on instagram that's been fun we've been doing a lot of the lives and stuff on instagram that's been fun so i really do appreciate you guys you know staying interactive you know i, I appreciate you guys staying uh engaging with the content it shows you guys care and support me and i, I just i really do appreciate it so thank you so much um we're going to continue to keep trucking along we're going to kick quarantine's ass who gives a damn make sure by the way you tune into the Twitch streams. Make sure you go rate, subscribe the show as well. I meant to say that at the beginning, but please go rate, subscribe the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Go leave a five-star review. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, and outside of that, yeah, not much, not much else going on. Again, I hope everybody's, hope everybody's safe, healthy, um, making the most of your quarantine. Maybe there's, there's something you, wanted, you wanted, always wanted to do or some skill you wanted to learn, but you didn't have time. Hey, now's the perfect time. All we have is time, it seems like now. So, again, have a fantastic interview for you guys as well. Ian Jenkins, former Gamecocks baseball player, really cool to get his perspective on the South Carolina baseball program, the state of the program, what he's doing now in his career. He's actually playing for Adrian Morales down in Miami um, for his junior college. So, and he's doing very, very well. So, very excited for you guys to tune into this. So, stay tuned, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with former Gamecocks baseball player, Ian Jenkins. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, former Gamecocks outfielder Ian Jenkins. Ian was at South Carolina 2018-2019, is now currently playing his college baseball at Miami-Dade, um, actually playing under a former Gamecock as well, Adrian Morales. Um, very, very excited to talk to you. Ian, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Thank, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of go back to the beginning for you, Ian, because I think it's, you know, it's really interesting and we're going to dive into it that you're going to have a lot of great perspective on you know, the current state of the South Carolina program and Mark Kingston and all that. We're going to dive into that in a second. But I want to go back your high school days. You were obviously a very highly sought after prospect. You were taken in the 40th round uh, of the 2017 MLB draft at a high school. You obviously chose South Carolina and you're a Georgia kid. So just going to talk about your recruitment, you know, what, what schools were involved and what eventually led you to make the decision to uh, sign with South Carolina? Yeah, so, so for me, uh, it's, it's an interesting story on how I got to USC. Um, so, as you know, I've had a lot of injuries in my career. Right. Um, and a lot of them were in high school. So, uh, my recruiting in high school started really late, man. I really didn't get started until uh, my senior year. My Actually, the following senior year, so almost as late 
as I could get started. Um, and I was playing with the East Cobb Yankees, um, and we were in a uh, perfect game tournament, and uh, I swung the bat well. I did well for myself. I showed well. So some of my tools, and I think I, I showed a mature approach at the plate, um, which a lot of guys liked, and, and that's what coaches talked to me about was my approach to the plate, how they liked that. Um, and uh, so, you know, back, going back to that tournament, I did really well at that perfect game tournament. And uh, it was in the fall of my senior year, and I got a bunch of calls from a few advisors, uh, from a few schools. Uh, but the first call I got was uh, University of Carolina. And this is with the old coaching staff, mm. uh, with Holbrook's coaching staff, Espo called. Um, he called me on a Wednesday, and they ended up getting me on a visit up there on a Saturday. It happened really fast, man, mm. really fast. Um, but I was excited. I got up there. I love the university. Um, and I got back, and I, and I told I said, uh, when I got home, I coached this place. Um, I had other visits to some other. This place to be my home uh, now. Uh, so if we can make that happen, let's go ahead and do it. And uh, right. work uh, with a scholarship on it, and I accepted. And uh, the rest is history. I guess so was it? Was there any? I guess doubt for you once what happened with the, the the previous staff once Holbrook made the decision or however that went down once he was not at South Carolina anymore was it like was it any kind of wait and see approach for you or was it just you're like either way I'm, I'm uh, either way either way I was still going to go um, I trusted the fact that Ray Tanner being being the athletic director he is and being mm-hmm. the head coach that he was would make the right decision on a coach mm-hmm. and and he picked a great coach. Um, he, he picked a coach who was well-rounded, um, and I, who I think he coached at the SEC level. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. So, I, I want to go back to something, by the way, that you brought up is that you were a guy. It's so funny uh, in that 2019 season because obviously you got on the field a little bit and you contributed. Right. Um, it's so funny. The one thing they always talked about when you came up was the injury history. Like you're a man that's had like it seems like a thousand injuries. I can't even begin to like name them off, but I mean, are, are you just like, do the baseball gods hate you? I mean, is there something like <laughs> not telling everybody, like what's the deal with all these, with all the injuries you've seemed to no, man, have over I your think the, the, the deal with, with the injuries is it's really just one thing that we were not aware of. And because we weren't aware of it, um, mm-hmm. we, I proceeded with things, uh, with workouts with the team, like normal, um, stretching workouts, conditioning, all of that. And I was just, you know, getting after it. And, um, you know, and the, my trainer asked me on history one day. It was Brainerd Cooper, actually. And he's like, man, you've been hurt a lot. Uh, we're talking about it. So we started talking and discussing some stuff. And we actually ended up finding out that I'm hypermobile. Mm-hmm. So what that is is my, joint, my ligaments are loose and my joints are loose. So I'm, I'm a stronger guy. So I exert a lot of force on those loose ligaments. And when I do that, that's when things pull and tear and things like that so basically what we figured out is i gotta stop stretching so <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough i stopped stretching and since i stopped stretching i've not had another injury wow. um i've been healthy my right now my body's never felt better and you know what? i probably sound like a crazy man talking to you and telling you how i stopped stretching and i feel better but oddly enough it worked um, so that's really the deal with injury history. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of a, a convenience because anybody who's played any sport knows. I mean, it's it's just like one of the most tedious things you do. So it's like, sorry, coach, I'm uh, 
sitting this out <laughs> just show i'm just you're just a show and go guy now you're just a yeah. show and go guy for sure um so you get, on, you get on campus in columbia 2018 you obviously red shirt but you're part of a team that you know goes to the super regionals and I, i'm sure you i don't know if you traveled probably didn't travel to Fayetteville. anyways you're part I'm, of a I'm team that, yeah goes goes to the super regional makes it that far um coming to 2019 obviously contribute just just talk about kind of the vibe being part of a team that was a game away from Omaha, I guess. I guess how cool was that to to be a part of and kind of watch your teammates do what they did? It, it was something – I've won state championships in high school and, and I, I've won a lot and I've had successes other, at other places, but there was nothing like what we had that year. Um, what you saw was a team that struggled in the beginning and a group of seniors that lit a fire under the rest of the team and really led the way. Um, those seniors dictated every game after I think we lost Presbyterian or something. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, it was absolutely, it was a crushing loss because Kingston wasn't too happy. Um, so he did things that he think he needed to implement. He thought he needed to implement for us to get better. And we got things like the locker room taken away, mm. um, uh, the lounge taken away, things like that. Like we, there was no more nice amenities of, of playing at the university of South Carolina. All that stuff had to be earned. And guys like LT Tolbert, um, um, Matt Williams, and, and some of those other seniors on that team, uh, just they were really they were real leaders. And I've never seen a team transform itself uh, like that Gamecock team did. And it was really fun to watch. And I think as a freshman, it's a, it was an honor for me to sit there and watch how leaders do it at the SEC level. Hmm. Um, so it was a great learning experience for me, and I, I'm so blessed and honored I could be a part of that team. For sure. So I, I want to switch gears a little bit before we dive into 2019, Ian. So th this is kind of a funny thing um, I want to ask you about. So for a while on social media, because I, I didn't get into Columbia until – or didn't move to Columbia until August 19, the fall. So I wasn't at scrimmages last year or anything like that. So anyways, there was a lot of chatter on social media when you guys were doing the, the squads, the scrimmages, of who hit this home run, who hit that home run, Andrew Eister hit the scoreboard, like this happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to this season. I was at a game and, you know, I've been – uh, had him on the on the show, or I'm getting him on the show. But we're talking like Alex Desino, Reed Morgan, Rich Chapman, and so I was talking oh, yeah. to Rich Chapman. And I need you to either confirm or deny this because he <laughs> told me a story that you hit a home run, and I remember this being tweeted out about that the ball was like literally in the parking lot. He told me you hit the ball over the clock on the scoreboard. Is that is that true? I did just to the right of the clock. Over the dude, that's a bomb. I mean, that, that's. For people that don't yeah. realize, if you can envision Founders Park, like that is a moonshot of a home run. Yeah. I like I mean, to tell my teammates, I, I, I told them, uh, I didn't hit that ball, Jesus hit that ball. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm, I'm going to be able to do that again. Well, dude, what's funny is that Ridge was telling us this story. And like I said, it's like me, Ridge, and Destino's there, and Reed, because they're all back, you know, working out, whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, they, nobody believed him. Like, Ridge – or, excuse me, Reed and uh, Destino did not believe him. And I'm like, now that we're having this, this conversation, I'm like, this is the perfect time to figure this out. Yeah. But there you go. Ridge was telling the truth. Apparently you did. I mean, that's yeah, – was, that, was that the ball that was found in, in the parking lot? Was that that same that that was. I feel like you have to still have that ball. I mean, that's got to be uh, like. I, you know what? Uh, I had the ball, and then it got taken away from me. 
because it's a uh, practice ball. So ah, dang! <laughs> I feel like they need to make an exception for that. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I thought they were. But Jesus, it's like time. hitting the cover off. I mean, you, it's like a special <laughs> thing, bro. Yeah, that's that's a monster shot for sure. I'm glad we found that out. Anyway, so let's dive into 2019. Obviously, again, you get on the field, you contribute. You played in 26 games, had 14 starts. I thought it was interesting. You had five home runs, and four of them were in SEC games. Just kind of talk about, you know, your experience playing at the SEC level. I mean, was it kind of what you expected? Was it tougher than you thought? Like, what was that adjustment like, I guess? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, there's no better conference in the country for college baseball baseball. uh, than the SEC. Um, Yeah, man. So, I think my the first time I got out, the first time I started actually was not an SEC play, Mm. and it was against uh, Valparaiso. And the first day was not good at all. You know, I, I sucked, if we're being honest. I sucked. And I thought to myself, I was like, Valparaiso is, is a good baseball school. Mm. But what's going to happen, Ian, when you face Georgia in, in two weeks? And they got – that's SEC baseball. Like, that's the, that's the big time. Um, so, so after that, Valpo, that first Valpo game, I said, you know, you, need a, you really need to kick in gear and get in the cage and figure some things out. Uh, so me preparing for SEC baseball was timeless cage work. Um, and then when I finally got in there, man, I think my, my first, first SEC pitch I saw was against Emerson Hancock <laughs> and it oh, was yeah. fireball. And, um, I'm up at the plate. First fastball goes by. Wow. That's coming in there. All right. You know, be short, be quick to the ball. Um, and I think he ended up striking me that strike me out at that, that at bat, but, um, it was a wake-up call for me because it's a level of baseball that I never played before. Mm. Uh, but after my after my first game in the SEC, I realized, you know what, I, I can play at this level. I belong. I believe in myself. Uh, but, yeah, man, SEC is unreal. Um, you, you'll never get a break. It's You're going to get Emerson Hancock off the mound, and then some other guy will come in that you've never heard of that's throwing 94 <laughs> from the left side and spotting up. That's just the SEC, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's competitive. And everybody's good. Everybody's good. So, yeah. I, in my mind, they like to say, like, it, it's double-A baseball. Um, I'd hate to see what the major leagues is like. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I think, just, I, think uh, I can handle it all. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's crazy because, you know, just speaking on that Georgia team, and you, like I said, you got Hancock throwing, like, 98, and they got a guy out of the bullpen throwing right. 99. It's like, where did they get right. all these studs from? Right. But, uh, the guy out of the bullpen threw me a 90-mile-an-hour slider, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, un, it's just unfair at that point. Um, was, was there a moment for you that was kind of like uh, – not? I don't know if you've arrived is, like, the right way to put it, but um, was there any of those, like, those home runs or any, like, moment for you where you're, like, like you were saying, it kind of – the light bulb sort of clicked. You're like, all right, I, I belong at this level of baseball. This right. isn't overwhelming anymore or anything. Absolutely. First to bat against Auburn on a Saturday game. Uh, first pitch, I hit over the left center field. I hit into left center field uh, bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the greatest moments in my baseball career um, because we're playing Auburn, uh, you know, they're good. It's a good baseball team. Uh, classic SEC matchup, Auburn, uh, South Carolina. Uh, and, and I got in there first fastball. I saw I hammered it. And uh, rounding those bases was unreal. I'll tell you what, the best part about it was when I'm rounding third base and I get to um, give uh, Stuart Lake a high five, see the smile on his face. But even better is I'm looking in the dugout and my teammates are running out. Noah Campbell's got a, this, this shocked look on him. Jacob Olsen's fired up, you know, uh, <laughs> 
that that's a caged animal right there. Yeah. And, and PJ Hopkins is is fired up as well. And just seeing my teammates happy um, about something I did, and I could do something for them and produce and and be part of the team. Um, that's it's a great feeling, man. Uh, and that's when I felt like I really belonged was after that home run. For sure. So I, I want to ask you about that 2019 season as a whole, too, because we, we obviously know it did not go to plan. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, game. it seemed like every series was like coming down to the wire and just wasn't going was. south, what well, wasn't going our way. Um, and, and, you know, people that know baseball or played or whatever, you know that things can tend to snowball um, in baseball. It's like when Absolutely. you get on a streak, bad or good, it's like it can just – it can really start to snowball. Just – that 2019 season, um, I guess, how tough was that to go through that? I mean, as you're going through it, because, I mean, you know, when Carmen goes down, I think people really didn't Absolutely. realize like, how big of a loss that was to Absolutely. lose Carmen Majinski. I mean, I, t- I tell people, honestly, if Carmen's healthy in 2019, I mean, it may really be a six or seven win difference in conference play because Absolutely. you, have to, you Absolutely. have to think, you know, a lot of those series where you lost two of three, you know, he's going to win you half of those at least. Absolutely. That's, that's a potential so, first-round draft pick. Right. He's got first-round stuff. So, I, when you say that, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Carmen breaking his foot at Clemson was a huge loss, huge loss, and, and really a turning point in that season. What, uh, what was your experience like playing in the South Carolina Clemson game or just being a part of the rivalry? Because I know everybody has a I never, I never actually experience. Got, got to play in it uh, due to injury. Uh, but that atmosphere is unreal. Um, that atmosphere is the closest thing that you can get uh, to being in Willie B Stadium. <laughs> uh, on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, or something, you know, it, it's it's an unreal feeling. The fans are it, the stadium's packed. Um, the fans have tons of energy, and the players feed off that energy of the fans. And uh, it's a war, man. It's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. Uh, man, uh, those are some of the moments in college baseball I'll never forget. Uh, those kind of rivalry games and just the energy uh, is unmatched. For sure. So I want to talk about too. Obviously, after that 2019 season, you made the decision to transfer. Was was it as simple for you as just wanting to get more playing time, or like because I think the JUCO route is a really good route for a lot of guys because it kind of lets you hit the restart button, refresh button, whatever you want to call it. You know, you have another chance to get recruited again. But like, I guess for you, like, what was going on in your head? What was the kind of the reasoning behind you making the decision to uh, to transfer? Right. Um... So I hit 188 that year, uh, last year. Hmm. And um, I knew that Ian Jenkins needs to go and get better. My coaches uh, gave me every opportunity in the world to uh, prove myself. And, you know, at times I did well, and most of the time I didn't. Um, so uh, it has me leaving had nothing to do with them. It was a great staff. Um, yeah, I think it's a really special staff. He's going to do good things at, at South Carolina. But for me personally, um, I just needed to go somewhere else and, and figure things out for myself. Really bear down, uh, get nitty and gritty, and figure out what, what's going to work for Ian Jenkins. Um, so on, on that thought, I left um, to uh, j- just to go and get better, man, to go grind it out somewhere. Um, 188 is not everyday player. Uh, in the mm-hmm. SEC. 188 is not an everyday player anywhere. Um, so I knew that I had to go uh, at a school in South Florida, something like that, uh, or where I am now, Miami-Dade, and grind it out and figure some things out. Um, was that level too big for me at the time? Uh, 
No, I don't think it was. I think that I was just in my head, and I had to get out of my own head. And it's hard to do that when you're in front of 14,000 people every game. <laughs> right. No, for sure. And like I said, whatever I, you figured something out, let's put it that way. Cause yeah. obviously the season getting cut short, it's, it's devastating, but I mean, through 20 games, you were hitting 373 for Miami Dade, five homers, 15 RBIs. I was looking in conference, you were hitting 409, two homers, six ribbies. What's been the biggest change for you? I guess, is it in your swing? Obviously your, <clears throat> your health's really good right now. I know that's probably playing a major, major factor, but like what's, What's been the biggest thing that you think so far, I guess, has clicked for you? And I know, you know, I've seen you're getting a lot of big-time offers and a lot of big-time looks, so it's obviously translating well. But uh, what's evolved in your game the most from last year to now? Um, I think what's evolved in my game the most is my mind. Uh, my mind and my health. Mm -hmm. One, I'm always healthy. And two, um, failing so much gave me a different perspective on baseball. Uh, it's a game where you fail a lot, and I failed more than a normal person. And uh, so, uh, person myself, I'm a huge mechanics guy. I'm really big on the swing and, and how it works and your approach and all these different facets of the swing and how they come together and, and make a great hitter. And, you know, just looking at some of the swings I was taking and I was, ask, I was asking myself, what's my approach to the plate? All right, Ian, what are you trying to do here? Knowing the situation, things like that. Uh, I was really just going up there swatting, man. Mm. Um, I was doing a lot of the things that I thought would work and, and would, would help me hit that home run or that, that double um, and score some runs. But the things I was doing with my swing just didn't make any sense, man. So really what I did was I uh, got down to uh, Miami-Dade. I choked up on the bat. Um, a huge part of this is Adrian Morales um, helping mm -hmm. me out and, and us being able to figure out some things. Uh, so I choked up on the bat. Uh, I even put some space in between my hands, man, to have more back control because mm. our biggest focus was back control. If you can't control the bat, you're not going to hit the baseball. Um, so I choked up. I, um, I started swinging uh, at more of a down angle. Mm. And what that allowed me to do was my contact rate was much higher. So I think at South Carolina, I was I swung and missed a lot, and I, I struck out half the time. Now I'm getting barrels and balls. I'm fouling good pitches off. I'm – getting myself in good counts to, to hit a fastball um, or something like that. Um, I also was a lot more aware of the situation. Okay, I got a guy on second. I'm a power guy. What did I do my last – what did he do my last at bat? And what is, what is he going to try to do to me now? So I got a guy on second. Um, this guy's probably going to flip me a curveball or something off speed. So, you know, I'm looking the other way. I'm looking to drive the ball the other way. It's just being a smarter hitter with a, a simplified approach is what got me uh, – which is what brought me success this year so for sure yeah I was gonna say it definitely sounds like you've matured as a hitter no doubt it's a lot, the, a lot. The maturation um, of a good hitter so you mentioned uh, Adrian Morales coach Morales I, I want to ask you about him because you know Adrian's obviously a guy that lives on in Gamecocks lore I mean you know as good as anybody obviously his history Absolutely. what he did at South Carolina but uh you know he he's been on this show and I can tell you that Adrian is a guy and you already know this but Adrian's a guy that he had me ready to run through a brick wall just from interviews. Oh, man. I mean, what, that, what is yeah. it like playing for Adrian Morales? I, I feel like that has to be, like, just an awesome experience. Yeah, as you know, he was a bulldog on the field, and he's the same way as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, that guy's locked in 24-7. He's always locked in. There's not a single pitch where he's locked out. Uh, one day we were talking about uh, 
a few of my swings on curveballs, and he brought up an at-bat from two weeks ago, my second at-bat in the fourth pitch, and I was just like, yo, what? I don't even remember that. <laughs> um, so this guy's locked in it all the time. He picks up on a lot of things. He actually made a really smart coaching move this year, whereas the first game we played Northwest Florida State, he was coaching third base, and, uh, and we lost that game. And uh, we were talking. He said, you know what? I'm going to go to the dugout. Um, so I can slow the game down and see things. Then we went on a 12-game winning streak. Mm. Um, he, he sees all these little facets in the game that really make a difference. I can't believe he's not coaching at a big-time D1 yet, honestly. Um, he's capable of it. He's, he's a very talented coach. And uh, like you said, man, we played 20, uh, 23 games this year, and every single mm. one of them I was running through a brick wall for him. <laughs> so that's just how yeah. he is, man. Really intense, very smart. Um, and, and just a really good coach, a really good teacher. Um, he, can, he connects to a lot of different guys and, and can bring them together. It's really a beautiful thing, uh, yeah, what he's able to do. I, I was going to ask you earlier when you said it, I mean, you know, as far as like his projectability as a head coach, because like you said, I mean, I'm surprised he's not as a big-time D1 uh, either. I mean, it's I'm, I'm just curious. Like, it, there's no question in your mind he's going to be coaching for a very long time. Like, no, no oh, 100%. 100%. A few of me and my teammates were talking about it the other day. And uh, that guy's going to be a coach that when you look back at it, when everything's said and done, you're going to say that guy impacted my life in a big way. And he made everybody the best they could possibly be. Mm. No, for so. sure. For sure. Um, so I, I want to get your thoughts. Something you talked about a little bit earlier I want to ask you about, because you, you talked about you're a guy that you – you're, you're kind of like a baseball nerd in the sense you like the swing Absolutely. of the so swing. I always, yeah. I always see you on Instagram posting the uh, – like the slow-mo videos of Bonds and d different yeah. guys. Who's your favorite hitter? We'll go – we'll go – who's your favorite hitter – of all time to watch? And then if you had to pick like a current day player, is there a guy that you'd like to watch and watch his swing and maybe try mm -hmm. to emulate some things? Like who are those guys for you that you enjoy like looking at the mechanics of their swing? Uh, so on my list and will always be number one on my list is Barry Bonds. Uh, that's a guy that I study religiously and he's my favorite hitter of all time. Mm -hmm. my favorite player of all time. Um, and as it goes, as far as uh, modern day guys, Man, that's tough. There's so many. There's so many talented young players of today. Um, you got guys like I watch Mike Trout a lot. Ronald Acuna is somebody who's really enamored me as of late, and I've been studying a lot, um, especially because he's so good with hitting the slider away for a home run. Actually, mm. um, he hits the ball uh, backside just as hard as he does full side, and he stays on these baseballs. So I was really intrigued by that. So I studied him a lot. Um, a few other guys, Matt Carpenter. Um, of course, Miguel Cabrera. So, guy, just guys like that. Um, but the person I probably study the most right now is probably Mike Trout. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 not, a bad, that's not a bad one to look at for yeah. sure. I even study his golf swing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say too. I think Bonds, man, you could certainly argue he's like the greatest hitter of all time. I think I think right. you could, most feared hitter for sure. Um, Absolutely, in my mind. So. I want to ask you, obviously, everybody's going through it, the whole COVID-19, quarantine, coronavirus, whatever, um, seasons obviously getting canceled, everything getting canceled. Mm -hmm. How are you – how is Ian Jenkins staying sharp, staying, you know, in shape through this this weird downtime we have right now? Right. Um, so, you know what, man, I view it as a blessing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
yes, there are a lot of bad things going out in the world, but I can only control what I can control. And this is a situation that we've been given. So I'm gonna look at it as a blessing. Okay, now I have a lot of downtime to, to work on things. I can uh, get stronger, get faster, um, cut some weight, work on my swing. I have, a, I have all the time in the world to really critique the way I play the game and to refine the way I play the game, um, especially my tools, man. So I'm taking it as a blessing uh, every day. Uh, I'm working out. I actually was hitting bottle caps today um, as a way of uh, hitting some movement. Um, so I do things like that. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm taking it as a blessing and making the most of this time. For sure. So I, I want to go back and ask you about, uh, you know, ask you about uh, the recruiting process now. Obviously, you're going through it again, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I know I think – what, I think you were committed to Houston for a little bit and then be committed. I was. Just talk about what the recruiting process has been like for you. Again, I, I've noticed, obviously, you've had some big-time offers roll through. Um, but what is it like going through this, I guess, for a second time now? Um, I know exactly what I want. And I know exactly what I'm looking for now um, because I've, I've played at two colleges now. Um, and I've played other teams. So before where I was trying to f fill everybody out and see what they were talking about, now, now I pretty much know what I want and what I'm looking for. Um, so I guess just more of a, a more seasoned look, outlook on um, the recruiting process this time around. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the difference. Is there is there has there been any contact from South Carolina? Like, is there any chance you'd come back, or is it you're probably going to just be a fresh start somewhere? Uh, no, I wouldn't mind coming back at all. You know, it's a great program with a great coaching staff. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have not been in contact with them um, as of late. Uh, but no, I, I wouldn't mind playing there. Um, yeah, I just I know that I know they're you know obviously Coach Kingston definitely likes the JUCO guys. So I mean, we, you obviously see a ton of them. Uh, playing and competing for South Carolina, so I just was curious. Um, I, I'm curious to get your, you know, your, your thoughts before I let you go, Ian. On, you know, it's it's such a shame, obviously for everybody, but it, you know, me doing what I do and being in Columbia, it's such a shame that we didn't get to see, you know, this South Carolina baseball team literally about to go into SEC play and then everything gets. Canceled. Yeah, I They're think they were opening up with uh, Tennessee, correct? Yes, yes, mm, yeah, opening up with Tennessee and. You know, I, I know things had been kind of rocky, I guess, to start out, but I really thought it was a team that was kind of hitting their stride, and I, I thought the bullpen was getting better. I liked the lineup. You know, you finally got Brennan Malone in the lineup. and Absolutely. hit a home run in his first game back. But just kind of talk about, you know, from your perspective, a guy that's literally worn the jersey last year and been in the program, been under Mark Kingston, your overall thoughts on just the state of the program, I guess, and what you expect from the program moving forward for, like, at least the, the near future. Right. You know, I, I think the program is actually in a really good spot right now, especially uh, how the coaches have um, devised the roster. Um, I, I feel like they have a lot of good good arms on the mound. I mean, yeah, a lot of good arms on the mound. Um, from what it looks like, man, they have tons of power, just like last year, but it seems like they're a bit more consistent. Um, I think that the program is headed in a, in a very good direction, and one fans want to see it go in. Um, like I said, they got the personnel and they have the coaching. Um, to, to be a big-time SEC contender. Um, and I see the program going up from here, from here on out, honestly, man. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on in Columbia that some people don't know about. And just the amount of work that those guys put in and how much they care is the real separator. Um, and those guys are going to be special, man. Those guys are definitely going to be special. Um, I'm, I'm sad their season got cut short because uh, I, I'd watch them play, man. Um, and some of those guys are really fun to watch. Uh, like Andrew Iser 
Amazing mm. to watch. A guy like Wes Clark, man. He was tearing uh, it up, too. Yeah, West tearing it up. Tearing I think he was leading the SEC in home runs, correct? Mm, yep. Had eight. Yeah, man. Yep. That, that's insane. Like, guy, they have guys like that. And then a strong bat behind them, like Brady Allen, to back them up. You, I mean, the team was really looking good, and I'm sad their season got cut short. And I think the, the program's headed in a, in a very, very positive direction. For sure. So, Ian, before I let you go, one last question, kind of on a funny note. Your, your favorite memory at South Carolina, it can be on field, off field. Like, do you have any good stories, anything that happened under, uh, under Coach Kingston that you can say on the airwaves, or like with your teammates or anything, anything specific stick out to you, like good story-wise from your time in COLA? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, I probably had the most interesting characters on my team I'd ever had last year. Uh, I had some some different cats, man. Um, Jake Bolson, my best friend from last year. Uh, TJ Hopkins. I, I got some stories with, with those guys, but I'm not going to share them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say one thing that does stick out in my head is um, that practice when I, I hit the ball over the scoreboard. Mm. The whole practice stops, and the first person I look at is TJ. And TJ's in center field on his knees with his head in his hands and absolute disbelief. Uh, as well as a few guys, the guys in the bullpen had stopped, like all the practice stopped. I was in shock. It was just a moment of silence that I had never experienced during practice. Uh, it was just kind of funny that it happened. Um, and I just thought that was really funny. That's a really good memory I have. What, was this NBP or was this like, did you hit this <laughs> yeah. off of someone? This was NBP, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was about to say, whoever the pitcher, if that was against – they they could just never live that down. I mean, that would yeah, be like the it worst was a, thing Stuart ever. Lake was throwing BP. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if I'd have hit that off the actual pitcher, man, I never would have let him hear it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm not one to brag, but that doesn't happen too often. So, <laughs> No doubt. Well, Ian, really do appreciate you taking the time, man. Obviously, again, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, but uh, we'll definitely be following along with your career. Again, you know, we're tearing it up before we went in this quarantine thing. I know you'll continue to do so, and – Thank Excited you. to see where you land, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. And like I said, I know all Gamecock fans, uh, you know, appreciate what you did. We'll be following along to see what's what's next in your journey, man. So I really do appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on the show. All right. Perfect. So for Ian Jenkins, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.